Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, obviously off the back of the Dallian medals last night, we gave our live reaction to all the awards this morning, and I did think it was interesting, and I've said this for quite some time, obviously I think we're all well aware that this Dallian system it isn't perfect, uh, but I think you also just need to take into consideration that no matter how you do a individual award ceremony for a team sport, realistically it is always going to be flawed, Yeah, and I, I think that's what we just have to accept from the start, I've seen people on social media suggests that uh, for every single game, every single player should be giving, you know, a rating out of 10. Uh, and, you know, that, that that's great. You know, is that better than the current system? Yeah, it might be. Uh, but, I mean, fuck, like, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, Sean Johnson, everyone's po- pointing out, you know, two or three games this year where he did really well and he didn't get any Dally M points. I mean, uh, it could, like, if, if he was to lose under that system, could we not, like, people would be doing the same thing. They'd be going back to, you know, a game there where he got a six or a seven and saying, how the fuck wasn't that an eight or a nine or whatever? Like there is just always going to be flaws in the system. At the end of the day, it does sort of come down to um, human opinion in these things. uh, And everyone's opinion is different on games and whatnot. Believe me, uh, I see it all the time in rugby league every single week, how different opinions can be and how um, how vastly different they can be as well. Um, And look, do do I think Sean Johnson was unlucky last night? Yeah, I do. But I still don't think you can take anything away from Kalen Ponga and the tremendous season that he's had. Something that I do think that these two had in common, which I thought was interesting, and it is something that's sort of been pretty evident over the last couple of years, and it's something that we've spoken about on Bloke a little bit and something I've always felt uh, pretty positively about. I've said a number of times, I said it on Instagram yesterday, that I think Brett Kenny should be an immortal, and people sort of push back on that, and I, my answer is always the same. Look, on the biggest stages, he was always the best player, and for me, I think that has to count for something. The way that you perform on the biggest stages when you're under the most pressure, when there is the most to lose, that's what should count, um, and it should count a lot more more, in my opinion, 
than what team what players do in regular seasons where the vast majority of teams they play are you know bottom eight teams. Uh, I, I think that, that that sort of stuff needs to be taken into consideration. I thought it'd be really interesting to go through the last few Dally M winners and just have a look how they went against the top teams. Now, obviously, every season we have a bottom eight and the top eight, and that's all good and well. Um, I you know I think the last team to win it from outside the top four, though, was like the 1995 Bulldogs or something like that. So realistically, the top teams are the top four. Yeah, it's been a long, long time since someone's come from outside the top four to win a premiership. Maybe I'm forgetting someone. Uh, teams have obviously made it to the grand final, but you know, as we learned last year, for example, with Parramatta, making it to the grand final and winning the grand final are two very, very different things. So I think your record against top four teams, uh, and I, I know it's very, very hard to do in the regular season. It's near impossible to do, to be fair, but I just think that we don't, we don't reward performances against top teams enough. That's what I love about State of Origin and who gets man of the match and player of the series in Origin, because you've got the best of the best going head-to-head. Are you able to do that across an NRL season? No, you're not. Teams are going to be up. Teams are going to be down. There's going to be teams at the top of the ladder, teams at the bottom of the ladder, etc., etc. But I do think we need to put a little bit more emphasis on performances against the best teams. And, I, you know, I, I think for the regular season, there'll always be an aspect of you will, however you do it, you're going to collect a number of points against the bottom teams, which is how it works, and that's that's completely fine. But I would like to see us bring in, you know, a, a finals MVP, and I know that's very American, and as soon as you say that, people go, oh, why do we have to be so Americanized? It's it's just logical, though. It just makes sense. We should have an award for the best player against the best teams because, to me, that is heaps more important than who beat up on bottom sides throughout the year. And I think it's really evident with this Dalian medal at the moment. And I want to stress this, that I don't want to take away from the guys that have won the Dalian medal because it has been set out in a certain way and they have gone and done those certain things they need to do to win that award. So it is completely fair and play on and they 100% deserve their awards. But I thought it was interesting. Let's take the two guys from last night. Kalen Ponga won the medal. Sean Johnson was robbed. He was the best player all season. He should have won it. Uh, I've read it all on social media. When you have a look at their stats against top four teams this year. Kalen Ponga, uh, he's won one win from five games against top four sides. Sean Johnson didn't beat a top four side this year. Um, so for me, you know, I, I, I straight out look at that and go, geez, okay, were they the best players of the season? Like, like yes, Dally M-wise, consistency-wise, 100%. But, you know, combined together, they won one game against top four teams from nine. Um Pretty disappointing, realistically. Not not ideal. Sean Johnson didn't even beat a top four team this year, uh, and you know you, you can say unlucky, all those sort of things. Sure, but at the end of the day, like you, the, the, you're trying to beat the best of the best. So you know, even just looking at last night's Dalian Medal, KP one win from five games against top four teams. Sean Johnson zero wins from four games. Uh, you know, one of those included a clash with the Broncos that was in in New Zealand, missing representative players. Like I, I think that sort of stuff has to count for something, and I know it's impossible to do during the regular season. But it is a pretty common trend. Nico Hines last year, by my count, uh, he played a top four team on four occasions. He won two of them. So he, he, he had a 50% win record against top four teams last year, which in comparison, that's actually pretty good of Nico Hines. And we know the knock on Hines has been in the Cronulla Sharks that they can't beat top eight sides. He also went, you know, out in straight sets come finals time. Uh, the New Zealand Warriors, obviously with SJ th- this year, they, they went into finals. They didn't have SJ, so you can't really put that on him game one. Uh, one game two, lost game three. So they were, you know, 
one-on-one during finals. Uh, and Kalen Ponga, obviously, uh, won their first game of finals and bowed out the week after. Um, so, yeah, you have Nico Hines, who had a 50% win rate uh, against top four teams in his Dallium season. Turbo in 2021, uh, he played uh, top four teams on four occasions. He won none of them. Uh, so Turbo went 0-4, similar to what SJ did this season. Uh, Jack Whiten, he played top four teams eight times in his season, which is pretty wild considering it was the 2020 season uh, and it was a shortened season as well. Keep that in mind. Uh, but Jack Whiten in those games, he went three for eight. So just under 50%, but uh, he beat he won more games against top eight sides than anyone else uh, that's won the Daly M in the last four years. Granted, he got to play them a lot more than other teams as well. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I mean, you tally all that up, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, the, if, if you have a look at the numbers of KP, Nico Hines, Turbo, and Jack White in the last four Dalian medalists, in each of those specific seasons where they won that Dalian medal, um, you know, the record is six wins from 21 games, which is pretty disappointing. So only six wins for all those guys combined together against top four teams in those seasons from 21 games. So Dalian winners over the last four years are winning at 28%, which from, in my opinion is incredibly low considering they are the best player in the competition going up against the best teams in the competition and they're winning one in every three. Um, you know, that, that that's a problem for me, obviously. And I understand that it is the regular season. It's completely different. Every single game, ha, uh, you know, equals the same weighting. And I get that 100%. I'm not really pushing back on that. But I do think we need to have an emphasis on, you know, another award, another award that is like the finals MVP or something along those lines. And we've obviously got the Clive Churchill, which personally, I hold a Clive Churchill above a Daly M. And I know that's controversial and people disagree and that's fine. But this Daly M medal, when you look at, you know, guys that haven't won Dalian medals, whether it be Brad Fittler, Darren Lockyer, these sort of guys, for them not to have uh, a Dalian medal is just fucking insane because they were the best players in the comp for 10 years or so, but they also had very good players around them or they would create points for other players consistently, which meant that they would miss out on those, which I just don't, or they would set such a high standard for themselves um, that, you know, all of a sudden, People just get used to those performances by those guys. I look at Brian Toto last night. Didn't get one of the Daly M winger of the year spots. And look, do, do I think DWZ or Jermaine Osaka didn't deserve it? No, 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 not at all. I think they did. But I also think that if Brian Toto, if this was his first year in first grade, for example, and he did this year um, just alone for the first time, we saw it for the first time, we were blown away, I probably think he wins. Dalian winger of the year because he's been doing it year on year on year on year and we're just so used to it and we just accept it that in order for him to go to a new level it has to be unbelievable is why I think it's so impressive what Payne Haas is doing at the moment front row forwards a little bit of a different position and the way that he plays it is so different to anyone else and it you know it, it obviously generates more points but I do think that that side of thing is very interesting for me I would love to see us do like an MVP of the finals we're doing a thing on bloke in a bar called the MVP uh, the most valuable bloke during the finals uh, and you know we're, we're sort of getting people to vote on it and whatnot, but I would love I would love for there to be some sort of an official award that rewards uh, the best player of the final series. Because for me, being the best player on the brightest lights, on the biggest stages against the best teams, that should count more than during the regular season when, you know, you don't even have, like it's evident, you don't have to have a good record against the good teams and the good players. You just need to beat enough of the bottom teams and have good performances against those guys to win a Dalian medal. This is why I have the Clive Churchill high because it's on grand final day, all the pressure in the world. It's the biggest game of the season. And if you're the best player on that field in the biggest game, for me, that says a lot about you. This is why I rank Brett Kenny so highly. Three grand finals in a row before he was 22 years old. He scored two tries in all of them. He was a fucking 5'8". He wasn't a winger putting the ball down, standing on the, out on the sting. 
That's why I rate him so highly. And I would love to see us have, you know, we obviously have the Clive Churchill, the best on grand final day. And for me, that should just be about that specific game, that 80 minutes. Who was the best player on the park here? And to be honest with you, as much as I don't agree with some of the times that like a player from the losing side has got it, I love that losing players can genuinely get it because I think it should genuinely be the best performance on the field that day should get it. Win, lose, whatever, I don't care. But for me, I think that the finals MVP is something that we should seriously consider. I'd love to see it named after Brett Kenny, for example, the Brett Kenny medal it might be. Now, Brett Kenny, obviously, you know, four premierships, won three in a row, um, was dominant in all of those grand finals, was tremendous. The one that they lost, he had two tries taken off him. Just just insane, you know, to score six tries in three grand finals. Brett Kenny's a guy that I look at and go, you know what, on the big stages, finals footy, he was always there. You have a look at Brett Kenny's record come finals. I think it it, it is something outrageous, like 19 games, uh, and he scored 14 tries tries or something, which is just ridiculous. I'm going to get those numbers up for you now so that I've got them exactly right. But Brett Kenny's record in finals is unbelievable. Obviously, a four-time premiership winner. Not many guys have won that many premierships. He won three in a row. The last guy to do it as well. And it wasn't part of, you know, he didn't win three in a row in a team full of immortals like the uh, like the Dragons side where they won 11 in a row and he happened to be there for a few of them. He was at the start of his career um, and was dominant in every single one of those grand finals. So for me, like the Brett Kenny medal would be an unreal way to do it. You have a look at his, his, throughout his career, so he played finals in 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, and 86. Uh, Of those six final series that he appeared in, he won the grand final in four of them. He lost another grand final. So Brett Kenny, he only didn't appear in, you know, when he played finals footy, there was only one season where he didn't appear in the grand final. Um, And that was, of course, 1985, where, you know, in the first two weeks, he scored a try in each of those games. 19 finals games, Scored 14 tries, won four premierships, and won three premierships in a row, scoring two tries in three grand finals in a row. For me, I think the Brett Kenny medal would be a sensational way uh, to reward uh, the best player of the final series. And for me, I would elevate that very highly. Now, the tough thing is... Who would you give it to? For example, let's have a look. Uh, actually, this final series I- is a bad example. But let's go back to, for example, uh, 2017. You've got the Cowboys that finish in eighth spot. You've got the Melbourne Storm as a top four side. Uh, I believe the Melbourne Storm only played three games during that final series. Week one, prelim final, grand final. Whereas the Cowboys played the four games. So if you're going to do it as like a point system, Michael Morgan probably wins player of the final series there. But the reality is... Didn't really fire a shot in the grand final. His team got dominated. So that's where I'm not quite sure how you would do this and how you would look at it. And this is a bad example. Um, I think Nathan Cleary would have to be the standout favourite right now. Killed it in his first game. Killed it in the prelim final. Uh, and if he, you know, if he's the Clive Churchill medal in the grand final, I mean, there's no doubt whatsoever that he would take home the finals MVP. If the Brisbane Broncos win it, I mean, it would sort of depend on how Nathan Cleary played in that game. If he had his team right in it and he was the best Panthers player, maybe he does take home the finals MVP still. But if you've got a guy like Adam Reynolds, for example, who stands up and has another big game, or Reese Walsh stands up and has another huge game, all of a sudden you're going, okay, probably has to be Reese Walsh as the finals MVP. And for me, that would that, that that would mean a lot more for me looking back and going, hey, Reese Walsh, when it came to finals footy, the best teams against the best teams, he stood up and he was the best in those three games he played. That, to me, means more than KP, Sean Johnson, pick whoever you want. I, I, I don't give a fuck which one you think deserved it, got it. I, I don't care. But those two guys hardly beat top four teams this year. And then you've got Reese Walsh, for example, or Nathan Cleary, who could play finals footy and beat at least two top four teams in that run. For me, on the biggest stage, when it matters, 
That means more to me. It could be the Brett Kenny medal. It could be the Norm Proven medal. You look at Norm Proven. Um, he had three Man of the Match awards on grand final days. Pretty impressive. He was part of that 11 a row. He's on the trophy. We obviously already have the Proven Summons medal, who which was taken home by Nico Hines last night. So maybe you don't want two medals named after Norm Proven. But I do think it would be. Uh, and, you know, we obviously have the Proven Summons trophy as well. So may, may, maybe that's too many things based around Norm Proven. But... You know, I, I look at Norm Proven once again, similar to Brett Kenny, who scored, you know, two tries in three consecutive grand finals as a 5'8". Norm Proven, he got three Man of the Match awards in a grand final. He wasn't a halfback. He wasn't a 5'8". He wasn't a fullback. He was a second rower. So, like, that that stands out for me as well as just being a big game player. And that's what we want to reward. That's what separates guys of the greatest of all time. And that's what everyone's saying to me. Nathan Cleary has been one of the, you know, the biggest big game player come NRL finals over the last few years. And straight over and says to me, hold on. What about Origin, though? That's the biggest stage. And, yeah, we should take that into calculations 100%, which is why I keep saying Nath is on a trajectory, but he has to dominate Origin first. It's a big game and a big stage. I think we should have the same emphasis on NRL finals and getting your club team rising above the other top teams to win that premiership or to be the best player during the NRL finals. I just think it is something we sleep on. I would love to see next year the Brett Kenny medal come into place. And I don't know how you do it. I don't know if it's just a voting panel. I don't know if you just get Wayne Bennett, Gus school to feel the smartest minds, Matty Johns, in rugby league, in a room and work out, okay, based on this final series, who's been the MVP? Who's been the most valuable player to each team? Uh, and then who's been the most valuable player overall? And I would say most of the time, it would obviously come down to who gets who wins the premiership, unless there's a player in the losing side that has an absolute fucking blinder um, and they've had blinders in the games leading up to it. I think you would quite often end up with the Clive Churchill medalist, could potentially win the Clive and the Brett Kenny, um, which I would be more than happy for because they're deserving of that. They have gone up against the best teams and they've dominated. And I'm sure you would see a lot of halfbacks win it. I'm sure you'd see a lot of fullbacks win it, guys like this. I think it would be hard for forwards to win it. But that's sort of the same as the Clive Churchill medal. You go back to, um, you know, the Sharks finals run. Potentially in that, Andrew Fafita maybe wins it from that final series. Obviously, there was a lot of controversy around him and whatnot, but he's an example of a player that probably did enough. If the Cowboys would have won in 2017, all of a sudden you're going, okay, Tamalolo is probably, uh, Tamalolo or Michael Morgan is probably our, our Brett Kenny medalist there. I just think we need to put more emphasis on when you do things, because when you do things matters. There's, you know, there's a lot, and I, I'm sure the numbers would be very, very similar throughout history, that there's a lot of these players that win Dahlia medals um, that are gaining a lot of points against bottom eight sides when they have big wins. And that's fine because that's what the medal is at the moment, yeah? That's play on. It's about how you beat the entire competition. But I think we need to start to have more of a focus on when you do things. And when you do things matters the most. It's how you go against the best teams in the competition, the best defenses in the competition. It's about how you go on the biggest stages, whether it be State of Origin, whether it be NRL Finals. And I think State of Origin has to be its, its own standalone thing because, you know, you've got Kiwis, you've got Englishmen, you've got Tongan Samoan players that some of them aren't able to feature in the State of Origin arena. Obviously, Tongan and Samoan players are at the moment, but probably in the future they might not be able to. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
You know, and it's all going to change. And if for nothing else, Kiwis on their own are not allowed to participate in State of Origin. So it sort of becomes unfair in that regard. But NRL finals, that is open slather. NRL finals and when you play top four teams, all that sort of stuff, I think it all needs to be taken into consideration. I remember after the 2009 grand final, if you go back and watch that game, very good game of footy. Uh, obviously, the, the the Melbourne Storm doing a t- typical Melbourne Storm. The Parramatta Eels come in red hot. They take away their best strike weapon. They were great. But I remember getting to the end of the game and going, geez, I don't know who the man of the match will be here. And Billy Slater ended up getting it. And I heard quotes after from the people that chose it that said, you know what? In this game, there wasn't an absolute standout. So what we did is we went back through the final series and we had a look at who had a, had the best final series. And Billy Slater was that obvious guy. And he won the Clive Churchill that day off the back of that, which I think is completely fair because there wasn't an obvious standout. But I do think we need an award like that that appreciates the efforts on the biggest stages against the best team. Because at the moment, let's be fucking honest here, the Dalian medal is not that, yeah? And the Dalian medal, maybe it is not. It's obviously not meant to be that because it takes in, you know, you get as many points for beating the team that gets the wooden spoon as you get for beating the team that comes first, which I don't know how else you do it, so I'm not arguing with that. That's completely fine. But I do think we need to add something that says, hey, the guy that won this medal on the biggest stages, under the brightest lights, under the most pressure, sudden death footy, all the attention on him, all the eyes on him going up against top four teams, not bottom four teams, he performed like this. He was the best player on the park. The best defenses in the competition couldn't handle this halfback, this fullback. He still managed to cut up the very best of the best. He defended against these guys the best of the best. I just think that has to count for something, and I would love to see us bring in another medal that is a finals MVP equivalent, and I think Brett Kenny, naming it after him, I think he would be the perfect guy for it. I think it would be an unreal change, and I would love to see it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.